Thank you for opening the eyes of our hearts, strengthening our spirits today. Lord, may we be ever increasing in faith and abounding in the love of God. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. 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 You may be seated. You may be seated. So in Psalms 103, the Bible says that we're not to forget any of his benefits. I want to talk to you this morning about five gifts that our Heavenly Father has given us. And we're going to hone in on just one. But let me just say, number one, I believe that one of the greatest gifts that we've been given is the gift of righteousness. You know, if you look at Romans 5, 17, it says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life through the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, we know the great exchange has been taking place already. He was made sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. So the more weight that we give to this, I believe the better our life will be. I believe that the better our prayer life will be if we get a revelation of our right standing with the Lord. And also, the better our faith life will be. The second gift is the Holy Spirit. You know, in in Acts 19, Paul asked the question, Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Well, the Holy Spirit is one of the greatest gifts our Heavenly Father has blessed us with. Now, how we honor and respect Him is going to play a significant role in our lives. And then the third gift is the Word of God. That's a big gift, is it not? God's Word is light. God's Word is life. God's Word is health and healing to all of our flesh. God's Word lightens our paths. In our pathway is life and there is no death. When you're in the Word of God, you're getting life on the inside of you and you become an overcomer because whatever may come against you, the Word of the Lord in your heart and coming out of your mouth will cause you to prevail and always triumph. Amen? Amen. And so how we honor the Word will determine the health of our life. How we honor the Word and act on the Word. The principles of God's Word found outlined in the Word concerning our marriages. How we honor that, amen, will determine the health of your marriage. How you honor the Word will determine the health of your physical well-being. Now, a fourth gift that we have been given that we honor and we respect, the ministry gifts. You know, when Jesus rose from the dead, He gave gifts unto men. And the gifts are listed in the book of Ephesians chapter 4. I'm not sure of the exact order, but I believe it's apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. Those gifts are for our benefit. How many of you throughout the course of your life have benefited from a ministry gift? Amen. Ministry Ministry gifts are given to us for our perfection. Amen. So that we can grow up. I thank God for ministry gifts that I've been able to receive from over 40 years since I've been born again. Thank God. We can honor, we can value, and highly esteem the gifts that God has given us in that area. And then I believe a fifth gift is community. I believe that the local church is big with God. You know, your Heavenly Father has placed you in a body. 
He's placed you in a community of believers. Amen? When you learn that you're part of the body with many members in the body, we can begin to flow together and work together. And the more we respect the local church, the more we respect the head of the church and what he's doing in our lives and the community that we have at Heart of the Bay, I believe the better our life will be. Amen. Tell you a little joke. I saw this yesterday. Uh, a good friend of mine uh, posted this. And uh, he said, the difference in fitting in and belonging is this. He says, now he said this. I didn't. I try to fit in my skinny jeans. But I belong in stretchy pants. <laughs> and then, then he ended his post by saying, go where you belong, not where you fit in. Go where you are celebrated, not where you are tolerated. And everyone wants a community of faith and a community of love where they're accepted. Amen? We're already accepted in the beloved, so what do you say we just love one another? So this morning I want to hone in on this second one. In John chapter 13, as we begin our message, look with me at verses 1 through 5. John the 13th chapter, and we'll be receiving communion at the end of this service, by the way. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come. You might want to underline that or make a note of that. He knew his hour was come. That he should depart out of this world unto the Father. Having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Now after supper ended... The devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God. He rose up from supper, laid his garments and took a towel, and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Pay particular attention, he knew his hour was come, and he began to pour in. So we see that Jesus knew it was time for him to start pouring into his disciples the things that they really, really needed to know after he was gone. He knew his hour was come. You know, if I knew that my hour was come, if I knew that my race was about to come to an end, I'd pull my family together. I'd pull those close to me together. And I would begin to pour into them the things that they needed to know after I'm gone. This would not be a time of fluff. This would not be a time of talking about the weather or the Warriors or the Raiders or the 49ers or the Sharks or the Twins or the Vikings or the whoever. No, there would not be anything like that. This would be a time of impartation. This would be a time of important information. And you'll see this principle throughout the Word of God. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, Moses is aware that the end is at hand. And so Moses pulled the children of Israel together and he began to pour into them. And after he was done with them, he drew Joshua close to himself. And he gave them very pointed instructions of what they needed to know so they could carry on after he was gone. 
Paul did the same thing. If you're going to study this more closely, you would want to look at Acts chapter 20, where Paul knew that his course was coming to an end. He said, I fought the good fight of faith. I finished my course. I'm ready for my departure. But before he did, he began to pour in to those that were close to him. Now, this is extremely significant. The moment that Jesus was aware, he changed his ministry from a public ministry to a discipleship ministry. Jesus is spending the last of his last days discipling his disciples. He is sharing those things that are big in his heart so that they could carry on. In other words, he was leaving the entire mission that he began on their doorstep. Think about it. If you look at John chapter 13 through John 17, I encourage you to do a study sometime. If you have a red letter edition, you will see red throughout those four chapters. And what Jesus was doing is he was nurturing, he was embracing, he was imparting to his disciples. And at the very end of John 17, he ends with a prayer for them. And of course, it's a prayer for us as well. And let me just read this to you. It says, Father, I will also, whom thou hast given me, be where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known thee, but I have known you, and have known that you sent me. And I have declared unto them by name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Now, if you will look very closely at these chapters, and we're sort of getting a cliff notes of this message today, But if you will look very closely at these chapters, you will see that Jesus emphasized two major things. He emphasized two major things. He emphasized, number one, love. He emphasized the importance of them loving one another. He said, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. And then he went on to say, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples indeed, if you have love one to another. So he strongly emphasizes the importance of love. Is it important for us to walk in love? It absolutely is. Amen? And then the second thing that he emphasized, he emphasized, now listen to this, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. The ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. Say it with me, the Holy Spirit is in me. And He desires to do a work in me. I believe firmly that there will not be a work of the Spirit upon you and through you unless you allow Him to do a thorough work in you. That was worth your drive right there. So Jesus tells them about the Holy Spirit. In John 14 and verse 16 and 17 and 18, and I don't know if they have it there, but if they do, read on with me. He said, And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another comforter, that He may abide with you, how long? Even the Spirit of truth. Everyone say the Spirit of truth. 
whom the world can't receive. But you, because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and where shall he be? He shall be in you. And then he goes on to say, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come unto you. Now I want you to put your receivers on real strong this morning, because I want to share with you the four important roles that the Holy Spirit plays in your life. And it's found in John 14 and verse 26. Two of them are found there. John, the 14th chapter and the 26th verse says this, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will, number one, do what? Anybody in the house ever been taught by the Holy Ghost? Amen. We should be, hallelujah, we should be Holy Ghost taught every day of our life. He shall teach you all things. We never want to minimize the ministry of teaching. Teaching is an office that God has given us for the saints of God to be blessed. Teaching is extremely important. Teaching that's anointed. Not just, you know, three points in a poem from the Reader's Digest. No, Holy Ghost teaching where revelation is flowing. So number one, he shall teach you all things. But number two, what shall he do? Can we have just a little bit more help here? He'll teach you all things, number one. And secondly, what he will do? He will bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So we see two things. Should we expect him to do these things? Should we expect him to bring things to our remembrance? Should we expect him to teach us? Absolutely. Now go over to John 16 and verse 13. John the 16th chapter and the 13th verse. Howbeit when he again emphasis the spirit of truth. What does the truth do? Set you free. Howbeit when he the spirit of truth has come, he will number three guide you. He will guide you and me into all truth. Why? Well, he's not going to speak of himself, is he? But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And number four, he will show us. He will show us things to come. So number three, he'll guide us into all the truth. Number four, he will show us things to come. Hallelujah. That's powerful. So I believe this, that the primary work of the Holy Spirit in you is that of a teacher. Let us place honor on what he teaches us. If we were to summarize chapter 13 through chapter 17, Jesus is basically telling his disciples, if you're going to carry on with the work that I've started, if you're going to do and finish this work, you must be ever learning and ever loving. You know, and the same thing is true for us today. If we're going to finish the things that God's called us to do as a church, if we're going to finish the things that God's called us to do individually, we must be ever loving. Love is a must. Love never fails. But on the other hand, we also must be ever learning. 
I thank God for what I know. I thank God for what you know. But how many of you know there's a whole lot more to learn? Therein, we must be teachable and be open-hearted to learning more and growing more so that we become just like Jesus. Amen? Now, I'm going, I'm going to make a transition here in this message. And the things I'm about to share with you are extremely important. Paul issues a warning. Paul warns us what can disconnect us from the effectiveness of the Spirit of God in our lives. I do not want to be disconnected. How many of you enjoy when your phone gets disconnected? <laughs> That's all right. It's all good. Amen. That was good timing. It's, it's okay. It's okay. You know, this morning, uh, Brenda says, says Is your, are you able to get online? I said, yeah, fine. She was trying to get Mark Rizzi's service in there and just couldn't make the connection. It's not a fun thing when we did get disconnected. It's not fun when we uh, did get did disconnected from family members and so on and so forth. But Paul's warning us what can disconnect us from the effectiveness of the Spirit of God in our lives. And I do not want that. How about you? In other words, he was saying, we can plug up the progress. Now go over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And notice with me in verse 18 through 21. And I'm going to ask you to read these verses with me. Are you ready? Let's read. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. In everything. Amen. In your pajamas. I got a new pair of red pajamas this week. Man, am I ready to go. Ooh, I said, let's FaceTime the grandchildren. They got to see Papa in his new reds. I like me some red PJs. Amen? I may even dress up as Santa Claus when they come see us. Don't you mean Satan Claus, Pastor? No, Santa Claus. Well, don't you know he's not real? Yes, but don't bum me out or my grandkids. <laughs> in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you and me. Verse 19, read it with me. Quench not the Spirit. Verse 20. Despise not prophesies. Verse 21. Prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Notice this phrase, quench not. Quench not. This is not just talking about quenching the moving of the Holy Spirit in a church service. This is not just talking about quenching the nine gifts of the Spirit. You know, a lot of people have thought, well, don't quench the Spirit, you know, because the Holy Spirit will leave the service. He'll take His bat, he'll take his, ba he'll take his ball, and he'll leave the service. And that's what has really been emphasized when this 
terminology or when the scripture has been preached, don't quench the spirit now. But I believe this. When it says don't quench the spirit, I believe that it means every avenue that the spirit flows through us can be quenched. Amen. The nine gifts of the Spirit certainly can be quenched. But did you know the leadings of the Lord can be quenched? It is also possible to quench what He has taught us. Additionally, it's possible to quench what He's reminding us of. Or guidance that He's given in the past. Or even those areas that he's shown us of things to come. These four areas, teaching, bringing all things to your remembrance, guiding you into all the truth, showing you things to come, those can be quenched, but they must never be quenched. We are capable, I am capable of quenching the Spirit. I'll be honest with you. I'm sure I've done it more than once. Sometimes not knowingly. Sometimes simply by ignoring. What was that? Oh, well. Or sometimes by overriding what the Lord may be saying to us. You doing all right today? Anytime that He reveals some things to us, through a teaching or reminds us of some things that he's dealt with us in the past about. If you'll just make this little adjustment, your life will be better. The honor and the value that we give to those little suggestions will make a huge difference in your life. And here's what I've learned. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. And He doesn't pile all of it on us at once. Aren't you glad? If He piled everything on us at once, we wouldn't be able to handle it. But He will point out things to us. Some things perhaps maybe He's dealt with us in the past. He will point some of these things out to us gently. And if we will not quench that... And if we will yield to that, oh my goodness, it will literally open up a brand new world for you. You know, we talk a lot about being God inside minded. We talk a lot about being Holy Spirit inside minded. This is part of being God inside minded. Being sensitive to what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Being sensitive to his leadings. Years ago, there was a missionary that needed to drive to Tulsa from Dallas, but he kept telling his wife, you know, we need to get these tires fixed. We need to get these tires changed out. We just need to do it. Well, you know how life goes. Sometimes we get busy and don't do those little things that we're led to do. Well, that was ended up being a big thing because their van rolled over. He died. His wife lived. 
And every time she would see one of the instructors at Ramah, she said, I just keep hearing my husband say, we need to change those tires out. That's a big thing. And it's a sad thing. But what if he'd changed the tires? What if you changed your tires? See, we don't, want to, we don't want to look down on people. But that's a very graphic illustration how easy it is to avoid our conscience. How easy it is to override our spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, listen to your heart. Now, let's, let's everybody okay? All right. Let's define quench. One translation says, don't stifle the Spirit. Another one says, do not stop the work of the Holy Spirit. And still another says, don't, ex- don't extinguish the Spirit. Don't put out the Spirit's fire. <laughs> Thayer's definition of quench is to extinguish or to quench... To cause to go out, to suppress, to stifle. The word quench refers to things that are on fire. Right? We have been given armor. The whole armor of God. And part of the armor of God is not only the shield of faith, but it is also the sword of the Spirit, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the helmet of salvation. Amen? Amen. But now notice what comes against your life and your armor. One of the major things that comes against us on a regular basis is the fiery darts of the wicked one. The fiery darts of the wicked one. And the Bible says about those fiery darts that we are to take the shield of faith and what? We are to quench it. We are to suppress it. We are to stifle it. We are to put it out with the shield of faith. Amen. So that's one place where the word quench is used. Another place here is quench not the spirit. The word quench refers to things that are on fire. I have a match here this morning. It is impossible to quench a match that is not lit. Right? If it is lit and you want to quench it, don't go out. Everybody pray in the Spirit. Three Shandais and four Hallelujahs. That's quenching. But you can't quench a match before it's lit. Now listen to this statement. It is impossible to quench the Spirit before He manifests Himself. The only way that you can quench the Spirit is for the manifestation, come on somebody, to have occurred. How you and I treat the manifestation in Him teaching us, 
and Him showing us things to come and Him guiding us and Him bringing things to our remembrance, the only way that hurt happens, whether or not you have quenched the Spirit or not, is by not taking heed to what He's saying. We don't quench Him by obedience. We quench Him by disobedience. We don't quench the Spirit when we take heed to what He's teaching us. The question I have for you this morning and myself is, what are we doing with the leadings after the revelation has come? What are you doing with this message after you hear it? What are you doing with over 5,000 messages that I've preached in this church in 35 years after you hear it? It's quiet in this first church. Everyone smile. Despise not prophesying. To despise means to make nothing of or to ignore. But when you and I value and esteem, we are giving place to the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. What we've been taught, what He shows us, what He's guiding us in. The opposite of despise is to esteem. Not treating His leadings his teachings, reverently and embracing them, treating these things as common, are quenching the Holy Spirit. What do you say we give place to Him? What do you say we put great value and great significance on what He's showing us? Amen? When something is of value, (laughs) come on, you really treat it differently than those things you don't value. How many of you have a nice watch? That's about five of you. I'm going to believe God with you right now. How many of you have something that you value and treasure in your home? Amen. You make sure that that's safeguarded. You make sure that that's protected. You make sure that nothing that would try to steal it or to take it away from you happens. You value it. You esteem it. The Bible says we are to guard our spirit with all diligence. For out of our heart flows the issues of life. How much after the service thinking are we really doing? Or are we saying, next? Next? Oh, my ears are itching. What's next? Oh, I've already heard that. Look at Mark chapter 4. Mark the fourth chapter, verse 20 through 24. If there is a greater esteem in our lives and a greater value in our lives, man alive, our lives would just soar. I mean, we'd go to the top just like that. And that's one of the things I want to encourage you with this holiday season. If you're going to have a healthy holiday season, take heed to the Word of God. Put it first. Make it your final authority. Here's what Jesus said in Mark, the fourth chapter. He said this in verse 20. 
And these are they which are sown on good ground. Say it with me three times. I'm good ground. What kind of ground are you? Good ground. Good ground. Woo! Hallelujah. Well, here's what the definition of good ground is. Such as hear the word and reject it. No, thank God they don't hear the word and reject it. They hear the word and receive it. Now, what happens as a result of being good ground and hearing the word and receiving it? Notice the rest of this verse. And bring forth... The truth of the matter is, God has not called us to be fruitless. Certainly not fruitcakes. But He's called us to be fruitful. The only way that I can be fruitful in my life is to make sure that my, ma, that my, that my heart is good ground. And not only that, but that my heart stays good ground. Amen? Now notice this. These are they which are sown on good ground. And you will notice that the subject of the parable of the sower who sows the word, that subject is the word of God. So when the Word of God is sown on good ground, we hear it and receive it, and we bring forth fruit. Mm. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. I desire to be one of those 100 guys. How about you? And he said to them, in verse 21, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed? And not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. If any man have ears to hear, let him what? Which ears are he talking about? Is he talking about these ears? Or is he talking about these ears? You are a spirit. You have a soul. And you live in a body. And just as your natural body has ears and eyes, your spirit man has ears and has eyes. Amen. Amen. And so he says, take heed what you hear. And if any man, he has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 24. And he said to them, take heed what you hear. For with what measure you meet. Now that's a little bit blind to us. What that literally means is, with what value we place on what we're hearing. What esteem, how we embrace, how we bend over, how we lean into what we are hearing and what we have heard. With what measure you meet, oh, somebody shout, it's going to be measured unto me. And unto you that hear shall more be given. I do not want to have a disconnect in the inability to hear. I do not want to be deaf in my spirit. I do not want to allow my spirit man to be calloused. But I want to be open so that more can be given unto me. I'm telling you, folks, we're living in a season of more. We're living in a season of greater. We're living in a season of greater revelation, greater doors. Come on, somebody. We are living in the day of the greater glory. We're living in the day of the greater manifestation. And it begins by us taking heed.
to the life of the Holy Spirit on the inside. Pay attention to what you hear. Be careful what you are hearing. Listen to this statement. The degree of importance that we place on what we've heard determines the quality and quantity of the fruit produced. I'm going to say that again. The degree of importance that we place on what we've heard will determine the quality and quantity of the food fruit produced. We value it so much that we give it thought, we give it study after we have received it. Quench not the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, He's lighting a fire in your life. Hallelujah. He's lighting you up. He's showing you some things. He's bringing some things to your remembrance. He's going to guide you into all the truth. He's showing you things to come. Keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning. Hallelujah. Put your hand over your heart and say, More, Lord. More of you. More of your guidance. More revelation. More insight. Lord, I'm open for you to correct me and to bring all things to my remembrance. I'm going to stay aflame on fire with the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm not going to stifle the spirit, but I'm going to blow this out because it's about to burn my finger. (laughs) Keep burning. Keep burning. Keep listening. Keep learning. Keep loving. Stay open to the Holy Ghost. Woo! He's got a whole new world for you. The world of the Spirit. The world of overcoming. The world of being led by Him. The world of riches and glory. It is a great world. Open up to Him. Quench not Him. Stay on fire for the Lord. Be doers of God's word and not hearers only. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man beholding his natural face in the glass. He looks at himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. But you and I are those who are going to continue to look into the perfect law of liberty. And we're going to stay with it, aren't we? We're going to continue in it. Not being forgetful hearers, but doers of the work, doers of this word, and we are going to be blessed in our doing. Forgetfulness is a primary way that we don't value Him. But if we want to change, don't let these things slip. Get yourself some sticky notes, put it on your refrigerator. I got to get rid of this thing. It's okay. It's not going to burn things up. But in the 70s, when we were getting hold of the Word of God, man, we got sticky notes and put them on the refrigerator. Go get a glass of milk. You'd see himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Amen. Go to the mirror to look at your lovely self. And you'd see Philippians 4.19. My God supplies all my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Go into your automobile, go into your car, 
Something's there on the steering wheel. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Come on, somebody. You open up your Bible and there's a little sticky note. It says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Hallelujah. You go into another room and you see joy unspeakable and full of glory. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So what we're doing is we're leaning in. Come on. We're leaning into him. We're bending over. We're open to what the Spirit of God is saying to us. And that's all I'm going to say about this subject. Let's rejoice in the Word of God. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So let's pray this over our own lives. I'm going to pray it too. Declare this from the Heavenly Father. I thank you for what I've heard this morning. I'm going to be just not a hearer of your word. But I'm going to be a doer. I choose to obey. For as I obey you, there will be an enablement not to quench the Spirit. So I choose to nurture and to embrace this third person of the Godhead who lives on the inside of me. Lord, forgive us for any time we've overridden our spirit. For any time we've ignored what you brought to our remembrance. And on this December 3rd, 2017, at 1018 a.m., we just say and we just choose to stay open to you, O Lord. In Jesus' name. Would you get anything out of this today? Praise the Lord.